You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Necessary Roughness. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, welcome back to week two of the NFL season. It is not quite in the books. There's two Monday night games tonight. Uh, So we get the doubleheader on Monday night. But the Lions... Week two was in the books. Obviously, it didn't go the way any of us thought that it would or had planned. Lions are now one-on-one, one-and-one. They beat Kansas City, as we all know, and we talked about, and we celebrated for 10 days. And now we've got to live with the fact that they came home, home opener, and lost to Seattle yet again. I think that's five in a row to Seattle. But, TJ, let's start off with this. You were obviously at Ford Field. What was the environment like? How were the fans? Did they show up like we thought they would? Uh, yeah, no, it was, I don't know if maybe the loudest I've heard Ford Field, but definitely the most excited. I mean, you could feel the, uh, you could feel the energy in that place, man. It was awesome. And look, the Lions got a chance to start the game exactly how they wanted to. I mean, I talked to a couple guys during the week and they said, man, we really, we want to start on defense yeah. and we want to uh, hopefully get a three and out, get that place jumping, man. It just kind of set the tone. They had a chance. They started on defense. Um, through some mistakes and some penalties, uh, Seattle goes down and kind of sets the tone themselves, punching one in early. Um, but yeah, the the environment, uh, the crowd, even late in the game, um, you know, after after they sacked Geno Smith for that God, awful play by him, by the way, uh, just running backwards running back twenty yards. Yard I mean, good lord, I don't know what he was doing. But after that play, um, I mean, the roof almost went off of that place. It was awesome, and there was a little time out there and. The atmosphere was great. Um, it's just a bummer. I know the players probably feel the same way that that they couldn't re- reward the fans for showing yeah. up that way. But hey, it's still a long season. Got a chance uh, this week coming back home again. Um, I kind of expect Ford Field to be the same. It's it's it can really turn into a, one of the top uh, home field advantage buildings in in the NFL. So let's talk about this game. And I want to start with let's let's start with the coaching decisions. We can talk about injuries here in a little bit as well. Um, but early on in the game, second drive of the game, it is tied 7-7. Dan Campbell has a choice to make. It's third and one. They lose three yards with a draw to David Montgomery. Um, and I'm not going to argue that play call. I didn't think it was the best on a, on a third and one, but fourth and four. And he decides to go for it. It's an incomplete pass instead of kicking the field goal. Um, there's there's other, obviously, fourth down attempts that we're going to talk about. But your thoughts in the moment what was what was going through your mind at that time? Should they have taken the field goal? 
Yeah, yeah, 100% that was going through my mind was take the points. I, I think just the way that – and that was in the second quarter, 7-7 um, seven, seven ball game. You're saying, okay, this kind of looks like it's going to be a tight game, right? You can usually figure that out throughout the first quarter, what kind of game it's going to be and how it's going to go. Um, for me, it was like, man, it's – a 49-yarder is pretty much a chip shot in today's NFL, Should right? Be. And I didn't know if, you know – Lions didn't even try to kick a field goal in Kansas City. I mean, that in the last time we saw Riley Patterson was in the last preseason game. He missed yep. an extra point and missed a field goal. So part of it's like, what, did they just not trust their kicker to go out there and make it? Uh, but for 49 yards, it was like, okay, you got a chance to go up 10-7, you know, at least get the lead, and then let's, you know, start rolling after that. Yeah. Um, I didn't love the play. And even if it was if it was fourth and one or fourth and inches, I get it. But the fact that you had just lost three yards on third and one, um, the momentum at the time was just not on your side. Um, that was the one decision right away. I kind of said, okay, you know, three points would be nice here to at least get, get, yeah, the, get lead. the lead. Yeah. Get the lead early in that game. Uh, and then the second drive of the second half, it's 14 all, uh, it's fourth and three at the Seattle 11. And this was the little shuttle pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, which I thought was it's a very creative play call. We've, we'll talk about this again as well here in just a few minutes, but not a, not a very creative offense that we've seen from Ben Johnson so far. But this is, to, in my opinion, the most creative play that we've seen to pick up a first down. They end up scoring a touchdown at that time as well. I, again, I'm just going to ask you, what did you think of going for it at that time, tied 14-all? Uh I was thinking, take the field goal again, field <laughs> because yeah. it, it kind of seemed like, um, man, you can only play with fire so much before you get burned. Now in that circumstance, it worked because they picked it up. And like you said, it was, uh, it was a great play call, uh, had the action going to the left, kind of hit Amon around a little shovel pass going back to the right, uh, blocked up beautiful. Um, glad it worked out. And Hey, that's kind of that the Dan Campbell MO, you know, we're going to play aggressive. It's sometimes we're not going to get it. Um, you know, you got to be careful not to be reckless while making decisions like that. But uh, I was kind of thinking at the same time, get the field goal as a 14-14 game, at least get uh, the lead back. Um, good thing it worked out, though, because Dan Campbell looked like a genius on that one. But in the time, I was also thinking, hey, three points would also be nice here to get, get yeah. the lead, you know. So either of those, I, I, I don't love the decision. I'm okay with them going for it because it's at least on their side of the field. If you don't convert, obviously you've got to make Geno Smith and that offense go the length of the field, especially if, you know, if you're down at the Seattle 11. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A little bit later, uh, on the very actually the very next drive, fourth and two on the Lions' forty-five yard line, they say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to go for it. It's a pass that's incomplete to Josh Reynolds. Now you give Geno Smith the ball and their offense the ball at the forty-five yard line, and I mean we know what happens <laughs> next. They go down and score. It's that's the biggest question mark I have is when you are on your side. Now we saw it last week against Kansas city. It's on the 17, your own 17 yard line. Yeah. It's fourth down. You get the punt team out there and you go fake punt. And we're all celebrating the the results. I don't know that you and I were necessarily celebrating the decision. It worked out, but this is, you know, gambling, Dan gambling, Campbell. It's you're going to have to take the good with the bad. And it just, it didn't work out on the 45 yard line. Again, I will ask you the same question. Third time in a row. Yeah, didn't like Hunt it. Or, yeah, I, I mean this. This is this is where we are. Where we've got to live with some of these decisions because he has been successful. Yeah, but he has been the coach in since he's been in the NFL that has gone for it on fourth down more than a two times more than any other coach in the NFL. Yeah, and that decision, and I base a lot of these decisions based off what happens you know, on third down, right? If you've got, if you just get a big third down and Hey, maybe now it's fourth and inches, fourth and short, you got some momentum. You got some juice on your side. Um, much like the first one where they lose three yards and then yep. go for it. Don't get it. Uh, this one was third and two. They give it up to, to Gibbs up the middle and he gets stuffed for no gain. So now it's fourth and two. The momentum goes immediately to the defense. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's where I kind of base my decisions on. Okay. If, if you've, if you've hit a couple good plays where you feel like, man, they can't stop us use that ride that momentum right now now you i like taking the shot but if you get stuffed and the momentum goes back to the defense more times than not it feels like the defense is going to find a way to make a play and i know that there was uh 
that was a questionable. I mean, a lot of people were talking about the refs after the game, and certainly there were some questionable calls. I think both ways. Um, that one did kind of seem weird. There, Josh Reynolds kind of running the DB trips over himself. As he trips over himself, he takes Reynolds with him. I get it's a bang bang play. It's tough for these officials to tell. Hey, was it incidental? Yeah. You don't want to make a game changing call if you don't see it, and if if you don't one hundred percent believe that it's a penalty, which is probably what they thought. But um, I asked Campbell about it after the game, and he said, "Yeah, they just said it was you know tangled feet incidental." Contact. And I was like, "Okay, you know, don't say anything else. I don't want you to get in trouble, coach." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we heard that for much after the game. Yeah, and uh, it was just. Uh, didn't execute, you know, and look at from a player's perspective, we talked about it a lot last year and the players talk about it too, is that you love a coach that has faith in you. You love a coach that has belief in you that says, Hey, if it's fourth and two, fourth and one, I don't care. Fourth and three. I got belief in you guys to go out there and pick it up. You love that. Um, bottom line is the players just either one way or the next. Right. And overall, I think the story for me coming out was this team's a couple plays away from being two and oh. But on the flip side, this team's a couple plays away from being 0-2. Okay. Um, so everything probably at this Best point of the season has evened out. Um, they found a way to make plays against Kansas City late in the game uh, to go get, earn a win. And Seattle found ways yesterday to make some plays and go earn themselves a win. So big picture, if, you, if we sat here you know, a month ago, John, and said, hey, the Lions are going to be 1-1 one one after the first two games, I think a lot of us would we of course we'd love an undefeated team, but a lot of us would have said, Okay, you know, that's a it's a good start, right? Yeah. At least if you're beating one of those two teams, just so happened kind of flip flop the way I picked it. I thought they yeah, were gonna I lose and then win the against Seattle. I, I thought they would, <laughs> but here's here's what I was really upset about last night and still again today is okay, Dan Campbell has taken on this aggressive style of coaching, right? And he's mentioned it before. He doesn't want to be that conservative coach. He doesn't want to leave opportunities out there. He's talked about his time as the interim head coach of Miami and thought that if he ever had that chance again, he was never going to be a conservative guy. So we have these fourth down decisions, and he more times than not decides that he's going to be aggressive. We've got this aggressive style of coach. And and I could – on the sidelines, if I was there coaching with them, I would debate that. I would argue with him. But then when the decision's made, okay, it's made. We're going with it. We don't get it. Fine. So be it. As a fan right now, I'm looking at going, I can accept that as long as you're consistent with your aggressive nature. Yeah. With two minutes left to go in the game, with 144 left to go in the game, you just talked about the fact that, hey, the, the crowd was going bonkers. They had sacked Geno Smith on the three-yard line. You force them to punt from the back of the end zone. You get the ball. You get a return. What was the crowd like after the return? I mean, they had all the momentum on their side. Um, and Dixon 44. blasted that punt, and he just hit it a little too far. He outkicked his coverage. Yeah. yeah and I think Khalif, both you and I did that in our, in our marriages. Yeah, well, 100%. <laughs> I think, but, you know, Khalif brings it up to the 50, and you're looking saying, okay, wow, you know, a minute 50, I think, was left on the clock. You already got the ball at the halfway point. I mean, you only need about 20 yards to get in the field goal range. Uh, who's thinking of that though, man, like you got a chance to go win this thing. And I was like you where Dan Campbell had been so aggressive the entire game. And then to seemingly, and he admitted this, he said it after the game in his press conference that his number one goal was don't give the ball back to Seattle. And me and you were sitting there thinking, well, 
shouldn't be the number one goal be trying to win this game yeah. right now. I don't care if you score in that first play and there's a minute and a half. If you still got a four-point lead, that's football, man. Go out there and get a stop, right? It just it kind of went against the identity of being aggressive. Yeah. And I get it when you get the ball back at the 50 and you're saying, okay, we don't want to give the ball back. Obviously, you don't want to give the ball back because you're down three points. I mean, it's not a tie game. Right. The other team's not going to go march down and try to get a field goal and be aggressive themselves. Uh, but after the first two plays, you pick up you know, 12 yards on the first play. You pick up 11 yards on the second play. You've got a minute at five left, first and 10 at the 27-yard line. And then they just kind of let the clock run out. Don't run another play until 35 seconds left. And then they kind of just go, you know, run, incomplete, check down. It's third and six. I'm not asking you to try to force the ball into the end zone. But at that point, wouldn't you at least try to throw it to the sticks and keep the drive going and say, hey, if we pick this first down up, we're burning timeout. Now we're going for the end zone. I just thought that uh, in the in the uh, no matter the ups and downs of that game, you still had a chance late in that game to go get a touchdown go try to at least score a touchdown and uh to just kind of play for the field goal and play for the tie leaving it up to you know a coin flip in overtime was just uh it went completely against you know the the yeah. identity of dan campbell so just so everybody i know everybody that's that's watching or listening probably watched the game 144 left to go in the game you get the ball back at the 50 yard line you have three or you have all three timeouts and the very first play because the clock is stopped is snapped at 144 it's a 12-yard completion, and they don't run another play until 105. And I'm not saying you got to use a timeout at that time, but you don't use the entirety of the play clock. You Even if you want to huddle up, you call a play, you get up to the line of scrimmage, and you save yourself 10 or 15 seconds. You snap it, and you go. It's 11 yards. And now at that time, you can call a timeout because you're going to be sit, you're sitting at the 23-yard line. Thinking to yourself, or 27-yard line, thinking to yourself, okay, we're, we've got a field goal now. Now we've got to figure out how do we either convert a first down. We've used a timeout. We've got two left. You should probably have about a minute 15 left on the clock. Let's just say you burn a lot of time. you got a minute five left on the clock at that time. And you are operating under the assumption that we want to get a touchdown. That's the thing that absolutely blows my mind is they, instead of going for the touchdown, they go for the tie which they get, they don't want to give the ball back to the defense or back to Seattle if they were to score a touchdown. And there's 30 seconds left on the clock. Seattle had two timeouts left. I would much prefer that they go the length of the field with two timeouts with 30 seconds, knowing that they got to score a touchdown, not just kick a field goal, instead of, hey, Leaving up to a coin toss, you lose the coin yeah. toss. Now they've got ten minutes to do whatever the hell they want in overtime. <laughs> yeah, and we and never a, see the ball in a tie game, and basically gave them a second, uh, second life, so to say. Yeah, right. It that, just that it just it, that was the point. It, that was the point where it was like, okay, where's the killer instinct at? Yeah. Let's go, right? And just we didn't. I mean, it was just a it, like I said, the pick six, the fumble coming out of halftime. Yeah. There was a lot of things that went against you. The defense. Seemingly, it seemingly in the second half, couldn't stop anything. Um, even with that being said, you had a chance to go finish. You had a chance to yeah. throw a knockout blow, and uh, you didn't do it. But you know what, John? I mean, that's football. You know, this is a long season. I guarantee you this isn't going to be the only disappointing loss the Lions no, have this year. No. We know there's more coming. Um, but with that being said, uh, the concern level, 
seemingly was, I mean, there wasn't much concern level coming out of Kansas City. We were all riding high for a yeah. week and a half. Uh, the concern level starting to go up just a little bit more because some of the issues that we thought were going to be issues before the season, when we talk about, hey, who's going to be an impact player on the defensive line, right? I mean, Hutchinson has been a guy that stood out against Kansas City. Yesterday was a frustrating game. Really not a lot of pressure from anybody up there. Okay, hey, who's going to be the other wide receivers, you know, that step up, that can make big plays down the field? Uh, Josh Reynolds had a couple of those, but um, you kind of look at those two spots and you're like, man, like it's – you hope this doesn't continue to be a trend that's going to start hurting this team. Um, hopefully the injuries aren't much of a concern. I asked Coach about him yesterday. I think we all know Houston's probably going to be out for a while. There was news that broke this morning. Uh, might be an ankle that uh, is yeah. going to sideline him for a while. But, you know, he didn't mention anybody else is kind of being too severe. I know, obviously, Monday they they go through their checkups and get more clarification. But um, just wish, man, you wish you saw that killer instinct at the end of the first or at, at end of the end of the fourth quarter. They just had a chance. And like I said, Seattle, Seattle took advantage of it. The Lions did not. Well, and here's what's frustrating on top of not being consistent with the aggressive play calling or aggressive style of, of coaching is, and, and let's just talk about last year for a brief second, the Seattle game, they lost by three. And I know that there was a, it's not exactly a, a cookie cutter. It's not the same as it was last year, but they had opportunities in that game to win that game. Minnesota, the one in Minnesota, Dan talks about how he regrets that game. And yeah. that was a loss. The Miami game, they were up 14 at one point in that game, up 10 at halftime. They lost that one. The Buffalo game on Thanksgiving, they had an opportunity to win that game. That's four games. If they simply win one of them, they're in the playoffs last year. And that's why I look at this game and say, this is one that shouldn't have gotten away that did, or at least they should have had a chance to win this game better than just trying to take it to overtime and never seeing the ball and losing it at overtime because it's those games that prevent you from getting to that next level, whether it's winning a division, whether it's seeding in the playoffs, and then you get a better seed because you won your division. Those are the things that prevent you. And I thought with the the lessons that were learned last year from the coaching staff, as well as the players of valuing every single game that it just, this is, this one is, is it's just frustrating that they didn't come away with a better chance at the end of the game to win it. Yeah, and we're going to find out exactly who this team is moving forward. Yeah. And we're going to find out pretty quick because last year, uh, you know, this team did start one and one. They beat Washington in week two, but then after that, they lose a game, and then it just kind of trickled into more and more and more and more, and you just dug yourself too deep of a hole to try to climb out late in the season. Yeah. Um, this year, what's this team going to do, right? I think that uh, the the vibe around the, the building yesterday was, all right, you know, maybe we got – served a slice of humble pie. You know, I think if you guys said that, um, the expectations, how do you bounce back? Uh, you know, the motivation that you have in that room. I mean, when you look at the big picture, like we already said, John, it's a one-on-one -one football team. I don't think anybody's near hitting a panic button, no, no. sort of say. Um, but from the player's perspective, it's, you got, I mean, I, I think you got to learn really fast that there's only a handful of plays that determine the winner of that game. Uh, every single week, and how are you going to find a way to get back to what you did in Kansas City by finding a way to make those plays? We're going to find out against Atlanta because Atlanta, how bad we thought they were going to be, they're, they're coming in here two and zero, feeling yeah. pretty damn good about themselves, and they're running the hell out of the ball right now. I know Desmond Ritter, you know, guy's got two starts under his belt this year. <laughs> like his jury's still on him, but 
you know, if you're if you're going to think you're just going to roll in again to Ford Field this Sunday and the place is going to be bonkers and you're just going to come out with a win, uh, you're going to be sadly mistaken. So I look forward to, you know, seeing Coach Campbell and, and these veterans getting these guys ready and, and back on track. So let's talk about some of the injuries, things that we know, um, or at least we, we think we know, in terms of Taylor Decker um, and uh, David Montgomery. Uh, David Montgomery, it was being reported after the game that it was a thigh bruise. If he's unable to go, if and, and we'll wait to see what happens with Taylor Decker this week. Hopefully he's able to go. How impactful are those injuries on this offense? Who is that between the, the, between the tackles running back that they can rely on? I mean, they tried to go to Craig Reynolds yesterday um, when Montgomery went out. I think Gibbs still... Still a little bit surprising to see him not get more work. Um, You know, I know that the play – and I'll tell you one thing about Gibbs, man. He's still got a lot of speed. Uh, The one thing I think he's starting to learn, too, is that NFL defenses have a lot of speed, too. I mean, (laughs) because there was a couple plays yesterday where, you know, he's just trying to run everything to the sideline and just use his speed. And, you know, what could have been, hey, put your foot in the ground, get at least four or five – you know, are turning into one, two-yard gains. Yeah. Um, he's going to learn that pretty quick, that you're just not going to outrun guys at, at this level every single play. Um, so I, I was hoping to see him a little bit more active yesterday, but kind of understand why. I'll tell you, the, I mean, Montgomery is the one that concerns me the most if it is a long-term injury because the whole game plan changed when he went out. Yeah. I mean, they weren't able to run the ball. Um, Seattle was just kind of playing coverage, not letting you go deep. It turned into kind of a check-down game. And, you know, Gibbs did have a couple nice catches. Laporta had a couple really nice catches uh, and, and pickups on third downs and keeping the drive moving, keeping the chains going forward. Uh, but Montgomery, I'll tell you, man, like if, if he's going to be out a decent amount of time, uh, I think that's going to hurt this team. And De- Decker, it sounded like he was close, you know, to playing. I think when they originally listed him Friday, it was, you know, they were thinking about questionable. They went with doubtful, downgraded him on Saturday, just – wasn't ready to go that doesn't sound like it's going to be a long-term issue though um but we all know hey if you can get the you know the the line back intact and at least have both your tackles now Vitae's a guy we've got a weight word on too I mean he went off on a cart anytime that happens uh you you become concerned right Um, but you know if you get Decker back just kind of solidify that offensive line a little bit more um you know they should be okay I'll tell you the one thing and you kind of mentioned it um the, the creativity just really hasn't seemed to be there yet this year offensively. I mean, we saw it, the one play with the flea flicker, which was beautiful. I mean, yeah. golf threw a nice ball, it's a touchdown. I mean, that was a good design, well-run play. Um, and then the fourth and three where they kind of, sh- you know, action to the left, shoveled Domin Roth, picked up the first down, punched it in a couple plays later. Those were good design plays. I just feel like it's been a little bit too much vanilla for what maybe the expectations were for this offense. You know what I mean? Like there seems to be, hey, just run inside, run inside, run inside, run, a check down, check down, check, cross, cross, cross. You know what I mean? It's like, man, like you got to get some explosion going at some point, right? You can't just yeah. keep settling for these, you know, three, four, five-yard gains. Like let's let's get the ball downfield a little bit. Let's try to get a little creative. Let's try to, you know, find Amon around a jet sweep. I mean, they did it like once last year and he ran it for like 70 yards, right? Wow. Just to keep teams – on their toes a little bit more. I just thought the game plan yesterday in the play calling was uh, it, it, it was just a little below maybe what we expect from a Ben Johnson offense. And you know, I, I, we all know Ben. We love Ben. We think he's he's awesome. He's a great coach. I'm, that's just something if I'm him, I'm thinking about, okay, like how, how can I get a little bit more creative, right? How can I get my guys 
in space a little bit easier and not trying to, you know, just jet sweep it all the time to get to the edge? How can you find ways to to use these guys, utilize their skills? Uh, that's something that, you know, hope to see a little bit of an improvement there moving forward. Now, defensively, uh, obviously, James Houston is going to be down. They were reporting this morning that it's a uh, – uh, an ankle, a fracture in his ankle. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. Um, I, I kind of believe it may be a little bit longer than that. I don't know uh, how you come back from a fractured ankle that quickly. Josh Pascal is on IR right now. Julian Quora uh, is on IR. What does the, How does this defense find a way to create more pressure on the quarterback? And I know last week Aiden Hutchinson was uh, he was harassing. Patrick Mahomes, but never got home. The only sack is by was it Anzalone? Anzalone, yeah. On the the idiotic play, <laughs> so bad. Like, I don't. He gets called he for intentional grounding game, earlier man. in the game. I know it was a guy running the wrong route. Still a you know, it's still the right call. And then he's running around with under two minutes, and takes a sack on the three yard line. Anyway, that's the only sack that the Lions have right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, got to generate more pass rush, and we all know that the pass rush was good against Kansas City. Uh, Patrick Holmes is just seems impossible to sack sometimes. Oh, by the um, way, both tackles were out for Seattle. I, you know, and they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. A lot of runs, a lot of play actions, a lot of tight ends, and and running back chipping on the defensive ends, um, just getting body blows on those guys. And I think it 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 was effective because by the time you got late into that game. You could tell the Lions' pass rush did not have much juice. And there were times, I mean, John, there were probably seven or eight times I was watching, and it's like you're getting good pressure. It's just not matching up with the coverage, right? You're, you're getting guys in the backfield. And, I mean, there was one play, Aiden Hutchinson comes untouched, and Geno's under center, and he gets in like an inside move on the right tackle. He's untouched. and But he, he didn't even get a pressure because the ball was out so fast. I mean, the yeah. corners are playing – 12 yards off the line, he just takes the five yard hitch. And it's like, man, like if you got to match it up, right? You got to give these guys a chance to make a play. And that was, it just took way too long yesterday to try to get that, uh, that coverage and the rush married up. And that's, that's a huge issue because there were times where the coverage was really, really good and there was no pass rush, right? And Gino was just kind of had time to extend the play. And then eventually somebody comes open. There were times where the pass rush was beautiful, uh, but, there's just 15 yards of cushion. There's guys wide open. Um, so that's something they definitely have to clean up. I thought yesterday, whether I think it was more of the game plan and schematics. Um, it looked like the, the game plan yesterday for the defensive backs was just don't get beat deep, right? That's what it looked like. It was like, yeah. we'll give them the five yards. We'll give them the six yards. And, you know, hopefully we'll try to tighten up in the red zone. But, you know, early in the series, we're not giving up. We're not giving up a deep ball, right? That's what it looked like to me. They were just playing so far off. They were so afraid of, uh, of getting a shot over their head that it just really allowed Seattle to march up and down the field doing whatever they wanted because they wanted to run the ball. They wanted to get the play action game going. They wanted to max protect uh, to help out their backup tackles. Um, I didn't think it was a huge concern because, like I said, and I know you, you, you John, you go back and watch the game too. You're going to see it like me. There were opportunity opportunities to get in the backfield. There were opportunities to hit Geno and bring him down. Um we just either didn't bring him down to execute yeah. or the ball was just out a little bit too fast. And that's something that, you know, Tom Aaron Glenn, you got to look at. And I think a guy like Jerry Jacobs, you got to play to their strengths at some point, a right? More for the, some. Well, Jerry Jacobs coverage. is a scrappy kind of brawler type of corner. I mean, he's not a guy that wants to sit back 10 or 12 yards off the line of scrimmage and, 
and read a route. He's a guy that wants to get up in your face. He wants to jam you. He wants to be physical in the first five yards. And I think that's what he's really good at. Um, so if you're Aaron Glenn, hopefully he's taking a look at that and saying, you know what, let's play to these guys' strengths a little bit more. Now, if they decide to start mixing up personnel at all, um, you know, I'm not sure how close Mosley is. You know, I know they didn't put him on the IR, the pup list to start the season, which, you know, to me kind of felt like he'd be ready at some point during the first month. Yeah. Uh, is he a guy that can is, is close to playing where you can kind of shuffle the lineup a little bit? Is Branch a guy where maybe you say, hey, let's flip-flop, you know, him and, and Jerry and maybe give Branch uh, some some reps out on the outside and, and get Jerry back into the slot, uh, a position where he was really good at last year. Uh, is CJ a guy you say, you know, let's bump Branch back uh, to the safety position, kind of that free safety roaming type and get CJ down in the slot? Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any moving parts. Uh, but a big part of the, the the disappointing performance from the defensive backs, in my opinion, a lot of it was the schematic and a lot of it was the game plan on how the, how they tried to slow down Seattle. Seattle figured out what they were doing early and they took advantage of it. Well, a lot of corrections to be made for the Detroit Lions. They are one and one, and by no means is this season uh, over. Uh, a lot of football left to be played. There's some good. There's some bad. Um, they're going to make corrections along the way. We just got to trust that they identify them, they make them, and whether it's personnel, whether it's scheme, uh, hopefully they do it before Atlanta comes to town because Atlanta right now is 2-0. and They run the ball just about as good as anybody. Um, with B. John Robinson in the backfield, Desmond Ritter's played well. We'll have the scouting report for you at the end of the at the end of the work week here before we get to that game. But we appreciate you listening. Make sure you like, download, subscribe, so that you always get the best and most recent information from TJ and I on the Detroit Lions. We thanks for thank you for listening to Necessary Roughness.